This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to this edition of A Visit to the Mound. I'm Lark Smith, and he is... Stan Huff. And today we bring back a previous guest by popular demand. Denny Copeland is back with us to talk fantasy baseball after the All-Star break and the approach, approaching trade deadline in Major League Baseball. We want to find out how that affects fantasy league teams and some other things about fantasy leagues. This will be a good update. I got a few questions about that, too, being a novice at this. Fire away. Well, okay. Well, let's get started. And uh, Okay, so I'm starting in a league. What, what is it? How do you pick these teams, and what do you do? I got, we, we, our team is 12 teams. Our league? Our, our league. Yeah. Our league is 12, 12 teams. My, my, uh, the top pitcher that went this year was Garrett Cole. Uh-huh. And he went fourth or fifth. The rest, the first two or three rounds that we have in our league, it's all <laughs> offense. It's power. All offense. All offense. You have several categories that uh, are tracked, and it depends on what league you're in, whether it is a offense-type league or a pitching-heavy league. It just kind of depends on what stats are being tracked, correct? You know, yes. Our offensive categories are runs, home runs, total bases, RBIs, and stolen bases. What do you do for pitching? Pitching, same way. There's five categories. You go wins, saves, strikeouts, ERA, and a ratio. So that's that's five there. So when I'm picking a team, I'm going to pick pitchers first because that's – Well, that's you could – you could, but if you pick pitchers first, your offense is not going to be competitive enough to get there. Okay, I, I got you. It's, yeah, it's totally different from just yeah. and the, a team yeah, on when the I, field. When, when I pick teams, I usually went to the position players that had the least number of offensive players at it, like a shortstop or a second baseman. You're going to have, you know, a lot of – guys hitting at the Mendoza line or just above the Mendoza line in those middle infield positions just because they're good defenders. But they may not be the tops in the league or around the league as far as offensive categories go. That's why I went after a Robin Yount as a shortstop or a, or a Cal Ripken as a shortstop. You know, there, there's plenty of other shortstops out there that are not going to produce the same kind of numbers that those guys produced. So you you got to – Think got, about it. Okay, you put them where you want them then. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is one of the best players ever is the captain, Derek Jeter. Right. But Derek Jeter's offensive numbers were good, but they were not outstanding. Right. Okay. And he'd hit 10 or 12 home runs. He could steal uh, 15 stolen bases. But the other thing that Jeter did was what he did in the field, what he did in the clubhouse. Yeah. And and he was just and he's probably one of the top shortstops. I, I was see. a I was a Ripken I was a Ripken guy when when I had the opportunity to draft him, and I also was a uh, Robin Yount. Robin Yount. Yeah. And Robin Yount came up to the <clears throat> Brewers, and he started playing. He was 19 years old. Right. And he and he started playing. He was a shortstop, and then he eventually moved out to center field. But he was just an athlete. Yeah. Right. So what? All right, let me. Let's you're going to get your power numbers from first base and outfield, right? Yeah, and third base too. So there's plenty of numbers as far as number of players available at those positions. So those were positions I would change 
I would draft later in the draft. And that's sure. that's the thing you've got to key in on is that when uh, your guys are batting and when Rod Carew played and some other people are playing and they were hitting 330 or 340, that's not that's not uh, the norm now. Most of these guys that are hitting 30 or 35 home runs, they might only hit 220. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah. when you hit 220 and you hit 35 homers and you got 100 RBIs and – all that adds All up. that other, it adds up. Once he can continue to play. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a volume. <laughs> so what about trades? I do, we do no trades in our league, and our league's been, uh, been around a long time. But as a, as a commissioner, I don't want the headache. You know, you're allowed to make waiver moves, and everybody makes waiver moves, and they call them uh, the hometown leagues. But when you do that, you get a bunch of guys around, and they want to play, but – some people pay more attention than others. Uh, I see. And and we pay a little refreshment money and all of that other. So it's like it's better off. I just want them to allow, and everybody has access to the same waiver list. So, all right, let me ask you a question. So let's say you have a, a critical injury. Do you get to pick another player? Well, that's, that's, what, that's what I've run into this year. Uh, you know, we had the all-star game go with the home run derby and everything there, but – the case in point yesterday, uh, Corey Seager with the Rangers as a shortstop goes on the injured reserve. Yeah, he, and you know what and do how long? That's a that's that, a thumb injury, but they're saying yeah, now what, can he grip a bat? Yeah, what does that do to you though? <coughs> I mean, uh, he's still on your team, right? <coughs> You're not going to. Oh no, he's no, just I, not going to be getting any numbers for I'm you. Not, for that I'm not building any numbers, so I want to be able to go. I hope he gets back as fast as possible. But in our baseball, we've got four bench spots, so that makes me have to look. I need oh, a player to I go see. draft as a waiver. So you got you got somebody yeah. to, to pick yeah. up the slack if they yeah, can. Yeah, so you, so you can pick that up and look. But, I mean, the key to winning your league is – and it's probably just like real life. you got to be healthy, and you've got to have a good year. That's right. Yeah. You gotta absolutely. Good, you gotta good. It, you got to yeah. hit it. you got to yeah. defend it. Good right. health is in any – uh, sport is critical yeah. and my other situation I've got Salvador Perez with Kansas City as a catcher and right before the all-star break he had a grade one hamstring injury oh, wow. and he's had and he's hit 15 or 16 home runs but now they're saying day to day and he's going there and he's also like uh, 37 as a 37 years old as a catcher right and I, I mean well, Kansas City's not doing that well right now. Well, <laughs> no, well, they're not. Yeah, you know, the the other thing that I think I think that could happen with Major League Baseball having a designated hitter, uh-huh. and there's some weak enough teams. They might even look at him as catching a couple or three games a week, and then be the DH the rest of the time. Possibility, I see. Yeah, we're talking with uh, Danny Copeland about fantasy baseball just after the All Star break. His second appearance with us here on a visit to the mound. Uh, I, you mentioned about drafting. I always like to just draft my team and just let it go. And, and a lot of the years that got me in trouble because of injuries, but sometimes I, I got lucky and, and I, I never finished first. I always finished second, it seemed like. But I was just one of those guys that, that put so much emphasis into the draft that I didn't like to trade. I didn't, like, I didn't do waiver moves. I stuck with the guys that I drafted. Well, I uh – I think I think with either any sport, but baseball and football, when you have your draft day and it's a live draft with your buddies, mm-hmm. that's one of the best days of the year. Oh, absolutely! 
That's, that's like that's like yeah. opening day in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. I, 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 so I, much I, fun. So I see. Well, why don't you give us a rundown of what's gone on so far? Well, I've got – this. I'm, I, what I thought I would do is just kind of highlight my team. My offense doing well. I've got JT Riamuto with the Phillies. Outstanding and I, player. I thought I thought he was the best catcher for a long time. Yeah, uh, but now that kid from Ruxman, Ruxman, yes, from, from Baltimore. Yeah, and he's a switch hitter. Yeah, and 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 a uh, uh, home run derby. I mean, he's a player. Yeah. And, and he's gonna. But I have Riamuto. I've got Salvador Perez. At, at we carry two catchers. My first baseman, and I picked him up. C.J. Crone with Colorado. One because he hits in the ballpark. In Colorado, mm-hmm. right. and the other thing is, I think he could get traded. So if he gets traded, he's going to a contender, and that that has something to do with the incentive to win. Okay. So, and then my second baseman is Marcus Simeon <laughs> with with the Rangers. Now, this is a local this is a local league, and and we've got guys from Houston and around Waco. So I mean, Simeon, I thought that was a good pick. It okay. Is. And then uh, my third baseman is Austin Riley with Atlanta. And, he I mean, right now he's at 22 home runs and 61 RBIs, and he has homered in five straight games. Right. So th- those are going to be hard to acquire in trades, but if you had the opportunity <laughs> to get Austin Riley, then that's, yeah. a, that's a player. And my, my shortstop, because he was eligible from last year, was Fernando Tatis Jr. and he had a suspension and he had to serve 20 games but he has come back and he's already had 17 home runs and 15 steals even with the suspension right so the thing about it now is that I don't know if San Diego cuz they built their team up to win for this year and they're not and they're not winning I mean you've got uh Machado Manny Machado yeah. you got uh Soto Dar- Darvish, Hugh Darvish for pitching. You got Josh Hader. Uh, they were built to win this year, so right. I don't know. I don't know. They could break down and have. Well, some I got to tell you, as a as a former manager and all that, you got a lot of talent out there, but um, no chemistry. It, a lot of uh, there's yeah. no chemistry, and it's it's as baseball goes, and a lot of these other sports go. It's an I I I me me yes. me deal. And when they're playing for themselves and it's not picking up the team, it's I don't know if that's happening, but that is not a winning. Oh, I, th- I think I think the money, the salaries have gotten so crazy. Mm. Well, there's no reason with that with that kind of salary. There's no needs. There's no reason to get out there and no. compete. No, and when those guys sign that big, you watch them when the young guys are playing and they come out of their rookie contract and all that other, and they start putting some numbers together. But when they get that first major deal. It's like it seems like it's a downhill. It's a, it may be gradual, but they don't play like. The other thing is, and even in the field, nobody dies for a baseball anymore. You know, right. they're not going to take a chance of getting hurt. Getting hurt and being on a disabled yeah. list. The only yeah. ones you see diving are some of the rooks. Yeah, that are, you know, trying but they're to, but they're trying to make it. Yeah, they're trying to get that big salary. They're trying to make somebody's well, attention. Wait a minute, a big salary these days seven hundred and two thousand dollars for a rookie. Uh, so I understand. How, that's, that, that's, but that's not $7 million. No, you're right. But, you know, and this is a good time to talk about it. The Major League Rookie Draft just ended. Right. And they're, the top four players pretty much went in the order that they anticipated. But Paul Skanes from, from LSU 
and he's probably the real deal if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. He just signed for a record $9.2 million. Bonus. Well, it's, Bonus. he was the real deal when I saw him play a pitch in, at LSU. I yeah. thought, this guy's stud. Yeah. yeah. And then the, and he's the, backing all his pitches up with strikes. Now, the, uh, now the only good. negative, he signed with the Pirates. But money, yeah. but money talks. That's yeah. the way it goes. And that and that other part walks, but money, yeah. money is big time. Well, he's yeah. also probably looking at Garrett Cole, who went that route, and now he's making big bucks with the Yankees. So right. I mean, it's not permanent to be with with Pittsburgh. Right. That's and so true. he will play out and probably move <clears throat> on. But for now, congratulations to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then number two was Dylan Cruz. He was the outfielder. He was considered the best offensive player in Absolutely. the draft, yeah. and he went to the Nationals. For a, for a measly $9 million signing that money. That's all. That's all. And then the first high school kid picked was with Detroit, and he only signed only for $7.7. But that's $2 million difference between second and third pick simply because he's a high schooler. Yes. And then, and then, the, other th- and then the other thing is the number four pick was for the Texas Rangers, and that was Wyatt Langford out of Florida. And they said he was the most major league ready – Player at that time, and he signed with the Rangers for eight million. Three of the four players were, I got you. Were, were college players, and they were all in the championship game of the College World Series. Yes, yes. and and so the so the other thing is to that is that when when it goes and it starts to happen, uh, if you pay out the big money, you know nine two nine and whatever, if you pay that money out there, those owners are expecting that player to get to the majors in a little bit faster. Yeah, and they're also going to they're give getting, them they want that. a return for and they're, yeah. and they're and also going to be expecting results. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But they're going to give them the, the fast track to the major leagues. They're going to give them every opportunity to get to the major leagues over the guy that they, you know, uh, Mike Piazza, who they picked last, you know, in the right. last round is a favor to Tommy Lasorda, who ends up being in the Hall of Fame. And Lasorda was uh, Piazza's godfather. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. but I, you know, when you watch the College World Series – and I, and I enjoy watching college baseball, but when those guys are throwing in the mid to high 90s, yeah. it's like this is a different game. Yeah, it Absolutely. is. Yeah. It's, a, it's really a different game if they're backing everything up with strikes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and the, other, the, hitters. the yeah. other thing is the Garrett Cole's probably one of the few with the Yankees. He's probably one of the – and there's some, there's some others, but Garrett Cole's capable of going seven or eight innings. Right. And they bring the bullpen in and the closer – and here they come. Well, if but, they if they would if they would regroup and get these pitchers to uh, throw eight, to nine. Get, yeah, get in shape to throw eight or nine innings. Right. At the end of the year, if you're in a playoff situation, you got a fresher bullpen. But I don't think anybody thinks about that. No, anymore. and the, and the other thing is, uh, I grew up in Houston in the in, in the early graduated in the late '60s, and then came to Baylor. But Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. And before then, Ferguson Jenkins, Gaylord Perry. It was nothing for those guys to throw 300, 340 innings. Right. Well, there was a game. Nolan Ryan teed it up against <clears throat> oh, El Teante. Uh, Louis Teant. Louis Teant. Now, I think Nolan was with the Angels and Teant was with Boston at that time, and it went into extra innings, like 14 innings. And they were both, both – they both ended the game, and they made their next starts. Right. So, okay, so what's going on? Uh, you know, you look at Nolan Ryan and he and his the way he got himself ready and, and stayed in shape. Right. If the other guys would do that, I think we'd see a different 
different side of this. There was a friend of mine who was a scout for Boston, and I asked him, I said, who was the best pitcher you ever saw coming up that immediately he said he's going to make it, and it was Pedro Martinez. Mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so everybody, everybody's got that. But I think the other thing is I think a lot of that uh, contracts and, and all the stuff happening with the money is driven by the upper management and the owner, and he puts his two cents in because that's his money. Exactly. We're talking fantasy baseball with Danny Copeland. Danny, you mentioned uh, waivers and picking up players during the season. Uh, a player that I've been watching as of late, he came in sometime during the middle of the season, Cincinnati outfielder uh, Ely De La Cruz. This yes. guy has, has hit the major leagues kind of like Joe Charbonneau did many years ago. Uh, how does someone go about picking him up for their fantasy league? Team? Well, the, the, the thing is, if you're picking him up and it's a waiver pick, you're probably at the bottom of the league and you're up high in the waiver order. The other thing is you've got to project that out. And like Lark says, you've got to see him happening before it actually happens. When it hits exactly. sports, when it hits Sports Center on on the the nightly news and the highlights, too it's late. too late because everybody's seen him. him. Yes, yeah. And and even even I could pick uh, him after you see him. But those kids that are watching and playing like that and all of that, I thought it was hype, but I, now I don't think it's hype. So are you saying that you need to pay attention to AAA statistics, AA I, statistics, I w- possibly? I would say, I would say AAA for sure. Occasionally, a guy will come up out of Double A, but usually, when they bring them up out of Double A, I don't. A lot of times, it'll it's a spot start, or it's a something filling in for a DL spot or whatever. But then, as soon as that regular player gets gets active again, the young guys going back down. Right. And the, and the thing is, for young guys, young players like that, that gives them the opportunity to get. And what Lark was talking about was the chemistry. When you get to sit in a major league uh, locker room and you're dealing with all of these guys and, and you've got uh, – uh, pick a guy, Corey Seager or any of them, and you've got these guys that have been there, they produce. The one playing for the Rangers right now is Jung, the third yeah, baseman. Third, baseman, third yeah. base, and he played at Texas Tech. Right, right. And then the other one here from Waco, the guy that started and he played – is Bradford. Well, it was uh, Max Muncy. Oh, yeah, Max. Max Muncy, and he played, and he got drafted by Oakland, mm-hmm. and he goes two or three years in the minors, and he hits like 210. So he gets released, and he gets picked up by Los Angeles Dodgers, new ball player. Yeah, and just blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so sometimes, yes, you've got, you've got to pay attention, and you've got people playing. They just want – yeah, they, they'll be around the water cooler at work and somebody's talking about baseball. And, right. And that's fun, but <clears throat> I think I'm more competitive than that. So. <laughs> well, Stan, you've been there in the locker room, so you kind of know how that team chemistry will work from different organizations. And there may be some better organizations as far as team chemistry goes than, than others. Oh, yeah. Now, I got, uh, I'm not going to say the organization, but one organization I was with was, was – taking guys up s- exclusively from double A. Their triple A team was for uh, were veteran players that they were using as emergency call ups. Right. You know, the prospects were coming up from double A. Now I now you're saying it, you're looking at it this way. The reason they're doing that is they're seeing this kid in a in a major league uniform right now. Okay. 
they're gonna they're gonna take the hits right now. But this is our prospect because he's younger. Yes. All right. So the AAA guys, I was I was in I coached in AAA and I managed in AAA and I saw this happen. Uh, and it was uh, as far as in the AAA goes, it's not much of a team. Everybody's trying to put up numbers to get to the big leagues. Right. But you're trying to keep that cohesiveness as a manager there. Right. So you can see some positive stuff, you know. And the more the team, more the team is doing well, the more each individual is doing better, and it makes it easier to get somebody to the big leagues. In a, you know, when you're when you're doing your daily evaluations. Well, uh, you know, the the thing is, <coughs> in our situation here, the Texas Rangers, you know, they did not have a good season last year, but they're they're still leading their division. You got the Astros right behind them, but it'll be interesting to see the Astros. I think the Rangers, they spent their money pretty much, and they may try to go out and get somebody, but it would be interesting interesting to see the Astros, what kind of commitment are they going to make. And my first thought, I want Justin Verlander to come back. Well, that would, that <laughs> and would be it's possible because yeah. the Mets, the Mets uh, I was walking through the airport one day and just passing through, and I was in Atlanta, and I bumped into Buck Showalter. <laughs> and, and just, I mean, I think he's a great, great manager That's and everything. Right. Yeah. But – it's still you got to have the players, you right. got to have the chemistry, and you got to have the support from your ownership. Absolutely, so yeah, you can uh, see that from Moneyball. They're talking about Verlander possibly going to San Francisco. San Francisco, that's a bad. That's that's, that's a bad. Well, for that's him. that's my that's my deal. Of course, that's National League, but I would love to see Verlander come back. And, and I like the Rangers. I grew up in Houston, so I'm still an Astro fan, and I would love to see. Uh, Verlander come back and make a go of He has not had a good season. Well, and, and my question is, <clears throat> is that contrived on his part? Possibly. I mean, the, the Mets, kind of like the Padres, have played for this year. They, right. they, well, who they else spent is money Max and all Scherzer. that. Max Scherzer's yeah. there. Yeah. And, yeah. and Scherzer, you know, Scherzer's had some – a lot of these guys that you hear now, they're talking about they're having shoulder inflammation. Okay, so your shoulder's <laughs> swollen a little bit. But, you know, that goes back to what Stan said. Put some ice on it. <laughs> well, and that, and then that used to be – you used to put ice on your shoulder or you'd go into the uh, – take the ice bath and all that other. Yeah. And that was just a way of – that was just a way of life. We got cortisone shots so we could get back in, in, on the, in the game a lot quicker. Right, and yeah. get worked. back faster. I, yeah. But I'm understanding Shh, that cortisone shots are like – too many of them is bad for you. Shh, right. That's a steroid. No, it, it it really. I know, but it, it is that, a steroid. <laughs> well, it isn't that kind of. It's it's a different steroid. I understand, right. but it's but, a, it's a recovery. It's, right. It's, it's and it's from the from the team standpoint, it's something that we could give you an injection and probably get you back on the field faster than if you just let natural rehab. Take so you care got of. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We we're talking about these players that are going down, and the team is not doing well without them. So look at the Yankees without Ju uh, Aaron Judge. Judge. So one guy mm -hmm. goes down. They were doing well with him in the lineup, yes. and now they're not doing well, and they're they're eager to get him back. So you got, I mean, particularly if you're doing a f the fantasy baseball, you got to load it up with the guys that are that are going to. You got to you got to have them playing. It's a num it's playing. a num numbers game. Now Aaron Judge, case in point, I think he should be strictly a DH. He runs into the wall out in uh, Los Angeles, 
and he hits his knee and he runs through the fence and all that other. But was that really necessary? You know, I'd rather have him offensively. Well, think about it. What you look at like the situation he was in and the situational part of that. Okay, he was trying to catch a ball oh, for no. his. No, he he was, and and you know his, and, and if you look at the Yankees manager, Aaron Boone, I mean he is as clo- he is as close to Billy Martin, <laughs> used to be, but but his deal is he fights for his players. Right, That's outstanding. He's an outstanding manager. You know his dad was. Uh, He's a pretty good catcher, Bob Boone. Bob Boone, yeah, yeah. His dad and the Boone family, yeah, right. right. Granddad Ray Boone, Ray Boone with Cleveland, yeah. And, and uh, I would say that there. So some of that's just ingrained in them, and they've been raised around it forever. Well, I know if it's Aaron Boone sitting there thinking, what is what we do now? I mean, it's, you know, that's really out of the manager's hands when you got a guy going down like that. Yeah, and, and the other thing is you mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. When you have, when you have uh, him calling pitches, and you talk about the young guys coming up, and you got major league umpires – that are sitting there, they don't want that. And the the new players and the young players, they're going to get bad balled every time to get them started. And if they say, if you turn around and say something to the umpire, your strike zone is just going to get larger if you're batting. Right. Yeah, and true. and and that's unfair to the kid, but that's just that's just the way it is. And the same thing applies to a pitcher. When you watch uh, any, if you just watch Major League Baseball every night. Those kids are throwing 96, 97 low, and if you're not getting the low strike, you're out in four innings. Well, you better be trying to get it. You better be getting them hit it on the ground then. Yeah. yeah. So if you know, once they get that pitch up in the zone, that's going out of the ballpark right, or right. off the wall. My, my guy, my guy that I had, uh, and he was on my team. It didn't help me, but I had uh, Julio Rodriguez. And that display that he put on in the home run derby mm-hmm. deal, yeah, unbelievable. So, and and, and uh, it was fun to watch those guys talk about it. And I like uh, Vlad Guerrero. Sure. Uh huh. Oh God, Vlad, yeah. and I remember his dad. Oh yeah, playing and uh, and all that other. But Guerrero was probably the better winner. But but that night that uh, Julio Rodriguez hit all those home runs and set the one period record. He just got in a groove. Yeah, that's so, pretty good. Anyway, well, but the other thing that we were talking about, we are talking about the trading deadline. Right, let's right. do that. And, yep. and when we, t- we were talking about that, the first thing that has happened, um, yesterday Corey Seager, shortstop for the Rangers, went on a, uh, the IL for, they're saying, 10 days. Right. But, and he's got the jam thumb. But I think maybe the Rangers need to be looking – or another shortstop. They've got a couple of other players, but there's three on there when I was looking last night. C.J. Abrams with the uh, Washington team. He's having a great year. He's hitting for the last uh, month of July, he's hitting 353. He's got three wow. home runs and 10 steals. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's playable. Yeah. Then another kid, He's uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, Ha-Sung Kim. Plays for San Diego. Right, yes. And he's on an 18 to 20 home run pace with 30, 30 steals, and he's hit 331 in the last 32 games. That's a player. Yes. I mean, you could use that. And then the other one, he's he doesn't have the name recognition. It's Orlando Arcia, 
Uh-huh. He played shortstop with Atlanta. Right. He was named as a National League starter in the All-Star game, but it was because of injury. But he still got there. Right. right. That's true. So he's hit, and so far he's hit 287, 10 home runs, 34 RBIs, and 40 runs. But Atlanta's in a in a playoff chase. Oh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. No, I don't but see them getting rid. I would putting him up. And I think right now Atlanta might be the best team. You're, you're close. I would, I'd yeah. have to agree with I, that. I mean, just I Top like the bottom. I like their pitching, and they've got uh, oh, what was the kid's name from the reliever? He pitched at Cincinnati, and now he's with Atlanta. They signed him this year, but anyway, they got the bullpen and they got the starters. It's like Lark was talking about. They just have the chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's and and the, and the other playing thing is, together and the they got other Ron thing, Washington there too by the way <laughs> no, and he's a he's a team guy if there ever was one well I wish the Rangers would have never gotten rid of him yeah. there I, were some other I circumstances agree. right, that, right. Yeah. that went then I had I had a couple other names Tim Anderson shortstop for the Chicago White Sox solid major league player but he's having a horrible season but my deal is. If you ha- if you're a major league team in the playoffs or thinking you can make the playoffs, try to get him. Yeah, would a change of scenery improve his numbers? Kind of like a change of scenery did for Max Muncie. You you would think so. Correct. And 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 the other thing the other thing is he's only going to have to play seventy games. If he gets that lightning in a bottle, and he goes, bingo. Well. And then the, and then the other one that we're talking about Shohei Altani. <laughs> he that hit. He hit number. He hit number thirty six yesterday, and and they're saying he's even a trade possibility. I wouldn't trade him. Well, yeah. I, well, it's because he's, he's got a end of this contract. He's a free. A, he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. So what are you looking for? A cheaper player, or are you? Well, no. Shohei Otani, and this is just a rumor, but they're saying he's saying seven hundred to seven hundred and fifty million. Who's going to pay that? Oh, somebody will. The Yankees or the Dodgers? Yeah, I was, that's one of those two. I would say the Dodgers. Probably. Because wow. he, he's, he's on the West Coast right now with yeah. the Angels. Yeah. He's already said he does not want to go to New York. Yeah. They can't, oh. can't watch him in Japan if he's – And, the, and the, other, the other one, and it's kind of off, offbeat, the other one, I would say, what about the Mariners? Oh, that's yeah, – Seattle up there. And got a great – following and everybody'd come to the ballpark every yeah. night to see him. So, so they gotta put out that kind of money no, though for no, him. No, probably not. If you just ask me right off the bat, it would be uh the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. So and then and if, then if the Angels don't come through. And right. and and my my pick, because they were saying earlier, you mentioned it earlier, uh Justin Verlander to San Francisco. My pick is Justin Verlander back to Houston. Rent, rent a player, get him going, get yeah. to the playoffs, and see what happens. Exactly. And a pitcher. And then there was one more pitcher that I thought, uh, Jose Quintana. Uh-huh. And he's a left-hander in major leagues. What, whether it's right or wrong, they were still say we always need a left-handed starter. Absolutely. Uh, and you go get it. And <laughs> that's he's, the truth. He's with the Mets, and I would say that would be something to uh, consider. Right. To, to be able to go. And there are – Houston rotation, every one of them's got little dings and all of that, and right. they're out. But that was my point for Verlander. Right. They're also talking about Dylan Cease with the White Sox. Now, he's going to cost more because he, he's top of the line. And the other one they mentioned is Marcus Stroman with the Cubs. Right. 
And then uh, for an outfielder, Houston does not have a center fielder that they can play regu- regular on a regular basis. But Cody Bellinger used to be with the Dodgers. He's now with the Cubs. He's right. hit 308, 12 home runs, and 35 uh, R- yeah. RBIs. Milwaukee just probably wasn't a good fit for him. So I would, I would think here it is. Uh, the deadline's coming up this weekend. Yeah. August 1st. Yeah, right. So, if you're in fantasy league baseball, you need to be paying attention. Yes, sir, definitely. Yeah, so, I pay attention anyway. Well, that's our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. Many thanks to our special guest, Denny Copeland, and his insight on fantasy baseball. We want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Visit to the Mound or on our website at avisittothemound.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast and be listening the next time we make A Visit to the Mound. That'll wrap up this Visit to the Mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.